Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. traveling through i i believe i went in, to nine states over the past week Ooh, that is but quite new england is could just be one state so like come on <laughs> fair enough you did one like you five did like of one those Texas. are maine new hampshire massachusetts rhode island connecticut <laughs> it's, it's like stop in rhode island it's possible to drive through all of those in a day we know um, this well, I took a train from Boston to Connecticut that went through Rhode Island. It made stops, but I didn't get off the train. It's New England is like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the SNL sketch where uh, John Aykroyd does the metric system for Americans. It's quite old, as you'd imagine. I think it was during the, the Carter administration. And it's 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 making fun of like, uh, uh you know the metric system and he creates it so that the alphabet is a base 10 and so he takes all these letters and makes them into one letter which is basically new england and and under that alphabet is that how you wind up with john Aykroyd? i was wondering that. oh dan Aykroyd. sorry i've i've john's twin brother (laughs) um anyway so max it, it i assume it was nice to you know be home and be able to kind of get up and like Make a leisurely cup of coffee this morning, stuff like that. Get back in yeah, your normal routines. Yeah, to be honest, routines. well, not to, not to, I'll just say, and I won't spoil anything, I'll say it was very nice to get back to my typical coffee routine. Well, <laughs> did you know that your coffee routine is ruining the fucking environment? My, mine isn't. Mine is actually almost certainly not, and we'll get oh, into that. Oh, no. But... Well, or... Or his is not ruining the environment, which is ruining my right to be a free American. And just so we're clear, it's Max's coffee routine is what's ruining the environment, not his train rides and his no, no, cross-country fl- flights flying. and everything yeah, like that. No, not at all. Not, not the 3,000 miles my, each way that Max flew. My, my three cross-country flights, ra- three cross-country round-trip flights in well, three months. <laughs> well, no, it's it's... Max's choices to do those things are what's ruining the environment. Those things themselves mm-hmm. are not. Yeah, I didn't get coffee on the plane, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no <laughs> one should get coffee on planes ever. Uh, if you don't know why, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to tell you another time. The water <laughs> or, or is just the continue. water is bad. Oh, I did. I, I, I whatever. Um. So so we're not. Well, we are not directly talking about Max's individual choices today, but in in just a, a fit of inspiration, I would say, we have taken an idea and we have uh, sat with it for a few weeks now and not only read the headlines, not only read synopses of a study, but 
we actually read a study and analyzed some of the results and uh, representations of data in that study um, because we are talking about a, I I think they, so they called it the here's how your cup of coffee contributes to climate change by um, four authors at a Quebecois university. I'm not saying any of their names or the university's names just because that puts a lot of pressure on me as, as someone who does not speak French. Um, That's reasonable. But, but yeah, but, but four authors did, did the work and what they were essentially looking at is the carbon footprint generated across the life cycle, which is important, the life cycle of coffee preparation of different coffee forms and brewing methods um and i think that this struck a chord with us just on the the narrow the narrow depictions of the outcomes as as put out there in different places i know i I first shared a, a bbc article as a synopsis of this um but then kind of the greater thoughts of like what you having a cup of coffee actually means in terms of the global climate. Yeah. Well, so off the bat, I think we should say that you, a single person having one cup of coffee functionally in the grand scheme has no effect on the environment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in the pretty same much way how that- grand schemes work. Yes, in the same way that you having one burger, one one burger made from uh, the the meat of of a cow, mm-hmm. is is not the thing that tips the scale into uh, a a two degree Celsius uh, jump in in the temperature, the average temperatures. Right, which is why, I, at least I and, I and I think at least you know at least one other person found this <clears throat> found this article not so much the study itself but the the article you know that spun out of the study in an outlet called the conversation um so frustrating because the 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 life cycle uh, they they did a, a handy dandy chart that I thought was actually there were some quirks that I I, I bitched about in our group text and we can talk about those later um, but they did a, a a interesting and and illustrative chart that showed all of the kind of different components of the life cycle for a few different methods of brewing one cup of coffee uh, and and the different carbon emissions that are part of the life cycle of that particular cup. And they looked at a variety of different factors like, uh, you know, brew method, but also uh, where you are doing it because um, the the carbon emissions of your local power grid are a factor. Um, and they looked at things like whether you are measuring accurately or just kind of winging it because one of the, the big components uh, is the waste that comes from you overusing coffee and water uh, and then having to, you know, throw out extra coffee that you used when you didn't need to and heat up water that you didn't need to heat up. Um, But the thing that I found so frustrating as I looked at this 
was this chart shows that for every method in every possible climate, the biggest emissions producer, in some cases by a very long stretch, is the actual like production and harvesting of the coffee beans themselves. And yet the article closes on the words change begins at home. Get it, the fuck out of here. Do you, do you not grow your own coffee beans? I don't. Cause I never, don't <laughs> never have never will. Um, so Kevin, we, we were, we were we were discussing um, we were discussing eggs, which is probably somewhat related to, to some of this beforehand. And, and you talked about uh, basically voting voting with your wallet to to, to kind of use that phrase. Do, you know, do you think that this that I, I feel like and Sean's getting at it? I feel like I was taken aback by the framing of this, which is trying to get you to get in that mindset of of voting with your wallet. And I think that you are able to frame things that way do you hear that in this article do you read that in the study i should call it a study um and you know is that do you find that to be a, a strong appeal to impacting your behavior um not in this case I, for me my main takeaway with this article is that the first thing that i think a lot of us are thought to they say that K cups or whatever are are better for the environment than if you just have like grounded coffee beans or whatever. And I think that it's interesting for things to maybe make you challenge beliefs like that. I don't buy it in this case. Um, but I don't, I don't know I like don't. what I don't really see them pushing for a specific like you should buy x over y or whatever i think people usually fall into one camp i don't know people usually don't really choose their coffee based on price that much yeah i so i think that so a lot of times with studies um they're 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 making an observation and maybe it's in response to a problem or a perceived problem and it it potentially hints at a solution or allows you to to bring a solution from that I think that what we've seen and, and kind of mentioned, the real problem is is maybe not highlighted as much in the actual study because that's, you know, they're scientists. Maybe that's not what they're, they're supposed to do. But they are observing, as Sean mentioned, a lot of this is before the coffee even gets to your store where you can purchase it, the impact has been done. In the same way, you know, the joke is made about about cow burps all the time. You, yes, you continuing, you as as a consumer continuing to be like, I'm I'm okay buying buying beef, even if you buy beef where they are raised and loved and cattle and everything. There are still the carbon impacts there, but you buying that pound of coffee or beef or or you know whatever it is, buying a pound of apples. Everything that's up to the point of it getting to your store, that is the problem. But and not to, not to, well, I think it is effectively jumping this. This is my issue is what they have done here. This study is very useful, but this framing of it's on you, the individual, not 
these companies are so wasteful along the way. And saying like, you are wasteful for like five extra grams of of ground coffee, that is backwards and is offensive so, to to my intelligence. So here's the thing: I, I'm not actually a hundred percent sure that's what they're saying, because I also think there's like when you frame it. So to to go to the the study itself, they point out that coffee production is uh, anywhere depending on your brew method and the power grid of your home or wherever it is you're making the coffee. The coffee production stage is responsible for anywhere from 40 to 80% of the greenhouse gas emissions. But it's still, it is still presented in a way such that the amount of coffee production waste is dictated by you, the end consumer's choices. I don't think there's a whole lot of way to change. This is this is the tricky thing, and 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 what they'd probably say if we called them to to complain about them putting this stuff on end users instead of corporations is like this is also happening at the like the coffee growth and farming stage yeah. and that's not necessarily a it's not necessarily being done by like big corporations that's kind of not how growing coffee works globally for the most part and b i don't know how much you can really change that step if you are to satisfy the global demand for coffee i don't yeah. i don't know and and the uh there are a lot of problems with the global coffee coffee yeah. supply chain, and you do have people like uh, Costa, which is Costa Coffee, which is owned by Coca Cola now, and you have Starbucks, and they can buy huge amounts. And you know, fa Fair Trade, Rainforest Alliance, um, I think Smithsonian or National Ge Geographic has one about protecting birds. There are all these labels that are very confusing, and of course, James Hoffman has a video going over what they mean but like there's so much abuse at, at like taking advantage of these farmers and i think you know what happens when that is like you have to get the product out as quickly as you can and you have to have a lower and lower in price and you know there are impacts on the product production there but um i think what what gets what i have a problem with and and max you know you are someone who who uh, also is a tea drinker, and I think goes through cycles of, of not being as habitual in drinking coffee. Um, talking about uh, a, a, a regular filter coffee versus um, instant coffee versus capsules versus um, they also did French press. Um, you know, there, there aren't really alternatives presented here. And, and I know you, you drink tea as well, and I'm sure there are issues in tea production, but if you identify this problem and say, hey, you know, what you're doing has a huge climate impact, I'm, I kind of throw up my hands when it's like, well, what's the alternative? Just like you, you mentioned doing, you recently did some, some train travel. That is an alternative to plane travel, but at least in the United States, it's not on par in a way. So I guess I get hung up with these, which is like, you need to make better choices, but you don't really give me a good alternative. 
Yeah, the only alternative the article gives is just to drink less coffee, um, which I found to be terribly unhelpful. I, I did think that the studies mentioned that, you know, we need to try to improve the global production process for efficiencies. But, um, yeah, they didn't really satisfy uh, any sort of craving for an alternative. But I actually – so my alternative and what I alluded to at the beginning is that I, I don't really drink uh, what we'd call coffee – in America anymore. Um, as of about at home, uh, as of about a month ago, I, I only make espresso at home. And so I was thinking that espresso. And so I had to do some comparisons to see how the espresso, uh, compares to the other methods, because similarly to the <coughs> K cup method, it uses basically the exact amount of coffee you need and water that you need. So there's less waste, but, I do believe it uses more grams of coffee. It uses about the same grams of coffee amount as drip, if not even a little more, to make a double shot of espresso versus a cup of coffee. So um, I'm not no, I'm not sure that from the article's perspective, I'm convinced that it's uh, it's better because it's probably using more beans. Um, yeah. yeah, I did think I, that the, the the takeaway though. I I thought it was interesting that. I almost felt like the the takeaway from this is that everyone kind of sees the end result, which is the K-cups, and assumes those are so bad for the environment. And I think it is relevant to remember that, like, there's so many steps before that. And I could see, I I, kind of get it. Like, we make, we used to make pots of coffee, and we'd make, you know, 8, 10, 12 cups a day, and would regularly, you know, throw some of that out. And that's pure yeah, that's, waste. That, but that's not the waste of that's that's not a waste of that method versus another one. That's no, that's just, you guys make too much coffee. No, but that's the but thing. That is exactly K cup. That's exactly the waste of that method. Yeah, as yeah. they frame it in the study, the biggest waste is that if you use more coffee and heat more, particularly if you use more coffee, but if you use more coffee and heat more water than you need to, you have done more of the most you have used more of the most waste producing resource which is the coffee bean itself so they would argue right, that any, it, any not, time it, that you make not, additional coffee that doesn't get drunk and gets thrown out later like that is the biggest travesty of all right but they don't account for a situation where you do use all of it no but they do because even then i mean I, I don't know about you but when i make a pot of coffee I drink more coffee that day than when I'm in a place that has K-cups. So I, I think what's... So this is where I think that there could be a better way to frame this and be like, hey, mm-hmm. you as a consumer make better choices. And there is this this downstream impact of like, it's better for the environment too. But when you when you need 15 grams of, of coffee, but you use 20, or you only drink four cups and you made six what that is you know speak to me not about how you know the climate impact of that four versus six cups how much money am i saving because that as a consumer i think that that has a lot of power in what i would compare to speaking of power um heating heating up water does take a good amount of energy 
it also takes a good amount of energy if if your your xbox is is running high all the time and is maybe doing so when when you're running a lot of power in your house and microsoft announced uh this month that they are that they're going to have a carbon aware feature for xbox such as that times when the the power grid if you're connected to the internet and they are, can assess this um they are going to uh use um that time when when the power grid is not so blitzed to make os updates um do some of your scheduled downloads, scheduled maintenance for your consoles. Now, the way that this is framed is it's a big, it's a green announcement and everything else. And there have been the typical actors who are against this saying like, whoa, is the world, they're doing this. But if you frame that as, hey, want to lower your power bill? We're helping you do that. Oh, also there's this knock-on effect. I feel like in both of these cases, that is maybe a better framing for consumers. Um, you know, it's just like I live in a state where they they finally lifted the moratorium on the gas tax here, and and gas prices went up, and and people respond to that. But as long as we, when you say I'm saving you money, like that that has a lot of power, and that is where as a consumer I know what I'm doing has an impact because I see it, yeah. I can see it. But I do wish the article would go into the the costs to the end user because while the cake cups yeah. have less coffee in them per cup of coffee that they generate i would ass- i i don't even want to i don't want to suggest that they are more expensive but they probably are per it depends cup, right? on it depends on what coffee you drink like if you're like me and most of the time you go get the big thing of dunkin donuts coffee at costco that's gonna be cheaper than k-cups but yeah that's also a di- that's a also a different be more that's also a different kind of study, whereas this is this is very much a scientific study looking at the impacts on climate. Which again, the study is is really cool, and and I think that how they have it graphically represented is is it helps you understand all those steps and and everything else. And I think it's really well well done. It's just the economics of it are are a little more convincing to me as a consumer versus like the individual mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. because something that I do think irritated us um and uh i i have twitter message that we can can get to later is this is just a reminder of the the focus on personal responsibility in a world where you really don't have that much power especially as a consumer i'm so glad you said that because i at the same time like right after i finished reading this article in the study today i also happened upon um a very excellent uh and depressing blog post by uh the culture critic Anne helen peterson um about a phenomenon that she referred to as uh layoff brain uh which is basically that there are these kind of two interconnected but different things that a climate like the one we are in right now where company upon company is announcing giant sweeping workforce reductions that have in at least in the minds of several sort of business experts that she talked to a very limited effect on actually improving a company's productivity um and and that's sort of the two competing streams she called them worker layoff brain which is where 
we have been bullied over the last 15 years in particular like this is this there's some clear through lines to the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis to always be operating with a certain ambient level of dread that the bottom is going to fall out from under you and that you must constantly be wary and grinding to make sure either that you are like layoff proofing yourself or that you are always preparing to be laid off and to have a second plan after that. But also there is like corporate or as she called it consultant layoff brain, which is that, you know, that layoffs are not that big a deal. And so they are like, they are the first step that these companies are going to. And like, I, I think, I think that is the same thing that like all one of the, I, I hate to be the it's capitalism guy again. I clearly don't hate to be that guy if I keep doing it all the time, but like one of the things that it does as a system is it forces all of these responsibilities that in a quote unquote properly functioning society would at the very least be kind of equitably distributed between labor and management capital, whatever you want to call it, you know, if not weighted more heavily onto capital. Yeah. It's shunted it's all of these like responsibilities for you know, decisions and, and being prepared for, for bad times onto individual workers. And it's just like, it's no, it's no way to live. It's why people are getting burned out. It's why people are quitting their jobs, whether loudly or quietly. Yeah. I think, um, just like with the, with the coffee example, you can cherry pick anything, that anyone does and tell them that there's a, that they don't need to do it. And whatever you're doing, you're kind of inadvertently damaging the climate because I don't know, like if you're doing something, maybe you need to consume more calories and that makes you go buy more food or whatever. But like the cup of coffee, maybe that makes me uh, a better worker in my day. And if I'm, let's say I make computer chips, maybe I make the computer chip, more energy efficient in the process, um, which would be, which would like, you know, nullify anything else, any, like anything bad I do. So it's just like, you can't really put any of these things in a window. It's like, if we want to drink coffee, it's kind of the cost of the world. And that's yeah. well, part it, of it. it because it's, it's, there's another, another side of this too, which is like the, the choice of your cup of coffee is such like a telling one because at the same time, that we're shunting all of these responsibilities and, 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 you know, and things onto the individual end consumers. We're telling them that the way to fix things is by, you know, changing these really small things. It's like, it's the people that say, you know, your, your Starbucks habit is the reason you can't afford a house. No yeah. asshole. Avocado toast. No asshole. The inflation of real estate prices is why I can't buy a house. It's not because I'm eating avocado toast. Legit, but not the Starbucks. <laughs> so 
I, no, Kevin, now what, it's eggs. You, so what? What? <laughs> yeah. Toast. What, what, just, just your fancy just, egg toast. You'll never get a house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- toad in the hole causes millennials to miss their down payments, or, or you know, they can't make their mortgage. But uh, you know, Kevin, what you said reminds me of. For the first time ever, this is something I tell coaches that I have at work. As you move along in your career, you need to start recognizing the difference between responsibility and accountability, which I think of as like responsibilities. I have tasks that I do. They are they're kind of one to one tasks that I do. As as you start to have a team and you're in charge of a team, I am accountable for what other people are doing and that impacts their responsibilities and I need to be mindful of that but I am accountable for the whole which is you know being accountable becomes a responsibility of mine but I all of a sudden have accountability Ted Cruz noted whatever uh had a Twitter message uh earlier this week about the Xboxes which is first gas stoves then your coffee now they're gunning for your Xbox what he didn't realize is when he said that one, this is silly because, as we just discussed, he is making these things that big corporations are doing into a one-on-one responsibility you have, and you are being attacked, and and your choices are all of a sudden, uh, you know, hurt in some way, and it, it's hurting you. Which the you know, the the stoves aren't going away. You can still have whatever coffee you want, and your Xbox will still work exactly how you want it to. But what? The thing is, is he isn't in a position of power to hold capital accountable for some of the, some other practices. If he wanted to say, hey, Microsoft, you can't do that. He is in Congress and he has the ability to try to hold them accountable. He could have a hearing and they could come. But the point is, is it's not about your responsibility because you aren't accountable for those corporate level changes. Well, the sh- but the shitty flip side of that coin is that in theory, Ted Cruz is accountable to the people of Texas who have chosen yeah. on multiple occasions to reelect him to the United States Senate. So like, yeah, d- does he? Does he have a responsibility to do those things? I don't know. I'm not sure well, he does. I mean, if if he is representing his constituency, he should be holding Microsoft to account because apparently, even though I will know, does his constituency uh, the... want him to hold Microsoft to account? Well, I mean, to this cart and the horse, they probably or, or, actually, do sorry, now. The, sorry, no. The better question, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The better question is, what do they want him to hold Microsoft to account for? What do they want him to hold Google to account for? But that to to be fair, the Washington Post, which doesn't agree with uh, Senator Ted Cruz a lot, um, they are doing this too by um, they just this week started a climate coach column, which I shared with you all in some capacity on how to use your dishwasher because you rinsing the food before you put it in the dishwasher can have a huge climate impact it doesn't the the way the dishwasher is made all the stuff before it even goes in your home has a way better impact than whether or not you rinse it first now are there consumer like financial benefits to not rinsing ahead of time and using the uh dishwashing robot to do it instead yeah absolutely but like that's that's not the framing and it's all in this personal responsibility and like i don't know i just i don't like being treated like an idiot and made to think that 
I am the one who can solve this. Li- Ke- noted, Kevin might be able to. Noted liberal trash rag, to. the Washington Post, does yeah. noted liberal thing of I mean, preaching they, the gospel of personal responsibility. I mean, they still have a paper uh, paper format, right? Yeah, that, they, they that they drive cars around and deliver all the papers to? <laughs> hey, man, don't, don't, don't fuck with that just yet. I, I don't my layoff brain is going pretty crazy right now oh i prefer it it's just you can't say that it's better for the environment but it is still better for us humans now well max i in some ways you you live in a really curious intersection of all of this because because of what you work in and what you have worked in um also where you live is we think of of oregon as being very liberal but also there is the the fact that idaho gets bigger and bigger every day or idaho brain and and i mean how do you do you feel like you you know you're not on the east coast like us do you feel like these discussions are are maybe different there and people don't have this weird i don't know climate action brain or is or are are the the loggerheads of it all greater there because you have these two very polarized factions um i maybe maybe i live in a bubble bubble but i feel like these don't really come up in conversation much day to day anyway like i don't as much as as much as the liberal rag can can tell me that i need to focus on my own personal responsibility like kind of to kevin's point at the end of the day like i'm gonna probably keep doing what what i'm doing um which is drinking my cup of coffee in the morning and you know occasionally eating beef and these other things that i enjoy doing um hard to say if there's like a distinct difference in like coastal vision i do think that uh the place i live now is is pretty forward when it comes to recycling and composting and things like that they have city provided compost and oh that's there's a store around the corner from me that has no uh it's like a it's called the pantry and it's a grocery store but with no packaging it's like you bring your own packaging and they sell everything bulk so we've started to get our things like shampoo and conditioner there we'll probably get our laundry detergent there and, and things like that um if you know you bring your glass container and you fill them up i i don't know if those you know i can't say that i've done the studies themselves so it's one of those things where like it probably makes you feel a lot better about yourself mm-hmm. than the actual impact over going to Costco and buying a bottle of Tide. Um, but it's also, you know, personally economical. Their prices are, are better than pretty much any alternative. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think those things catch on in different areas anyway. Um, I think the push pushback in general is always interesting, right? It's like, why not? when there's when there's an alternative provided it's like why not discover that alternative and you know so again i i mentioned that i eat beef like i do consciously think about eating less beef because of the climate impact but at the end of the day if i'm at a restaurant and i'm craving a burger i'm i'm probably still going to get the burger um i don't know <laughs> i think individuals not. don't don't worry about it as much as uh newspapers is kind of my right. my point well and I, and I think stuff like that it's for the c- consumers in general to just know that if if it was just advertised just like we should all be eating beef every meal then it would be bad but you know 
that's not really the message we get. And so maybe there will be some people who do eat beef every single meal, but for the most part, people will probably just eat a diet that's not that disastrous for the world. I, I mean, I think just kind of as always, you know, you can you can be thoughtful, but you can also be critical. And don't be stressed out about you know how you prepare your coffee that's that's not that's not the problem and i think that's what this does is it's you know we talk about doom scrolling and like the doom and gloom of the news you having coffee in a certain way is not is not what's causing these problems and i just i I know it's not going to be but like breathe take a step back and and i mean think about it i think the study does a good job of making that clear it's just by the time it gets to you (laughs) <laughs> which is just kind of like the study it's all the stuff before it gets to you where it's gotten corrupted you you reading it yeah. is it's not your fault relax so. and think about it over a cup of coffee just maybe yeah. like measure your beans yeah get a scale That's fine yeah what about the climate impact of my cross-country flight that i didn't show up for well, they'll still Presumably book future, flight. they'll book future flights based on how many tickets they sold for the previous flights. So, yeah, it still is just as bad. Yeah. Lucky for you, they overbooked the flight. So they paid, you know, the someone someone got that seat. Yeah. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, on that note, let's move on to Pierce's sorry. What are you apologizing for today? So if you're going to have a... a dinner dinner event uh if you invite people over for dinner which is something i enjoy doing i recommend that you make things that you've made before so that you're in a comfortable setting i've made the mistake of mostly making something and made before recently which was which was falafel um but i thought the pita bread we can get from the store is not good enough the pita i think it's just called pita um and made my own pita it went well the problem is not that it didn't go well um, and I want to make it again. That was just a terrible format, and and I feel bad, and I'm sorry to my guests because I could not give them my full attention because I was so worried about mm. getting the pita right. Mm-hmm. And they enjoyed it, but I just was stuck with it could be better and focus all that time on it. So if you're having people over, you want to be com- you want them to be comfortable. One of the best ways to do that is you yourself should be comfortable. So um, I'm sorry for for my first time out in the PETA world being when I had guests over. Yeah, no notes. I totally agree. You also want to like not, you just, even if it's not something that you've never done before, you just like, in that context, you want something that you can have mostly done when people arrive because it's no, Mm -hmm. it's no fun for you or for them if you spend the whole time like in the kitchen, making sure everything is prepped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, big idea from pop culture. Uh, HBO bringing the lumber. Uh, the Last of Us is is really good so far. Uh, uh, two episodes in, um, already reminded of the kind of big emotional gut punches that the game throws at you early on, uh, and. Game Theory, Bomani Jones show is back for season two. Uh, the The first episode was uh, was very good. It had a, a segment, uh, kind of John Oliver style, looking at how uh, the 
term the player empowerment nomenclature is a little misleading and and uh, a more apt term for the last decade or so of the NBA would actually be the LeBron empowerment era. Um, and I just learned today uh, that if you are not an HBO subscriber, uh, they actually are going to be airing like, the previous week's episode every Thursday night at 630 before Inside the NBA on TNT. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So if you are not streaming on HBO Max but have regular TV for some reason in 2023, uh, you can still watch Game Theory with Bomani Jones. And you can probably still you can still get the story of The Last of Us, even if you don't have HBO, just by, you know, playing The Last of Us or I guess by like watching playthroughs on YouTube or whatever. So maybe that's what I should do. Ooh. Before. No, if you're no, if you're I, gonna I, watch a playthrough on YouTube, you should just the watch the show. I, I'm I'm still thinking about getting. I, we'll we'll discuss this. So later. A game <laughs> is fundamentally a game, Pierce. I, I I want it to be everything. I want it to to be. I don't know. A game. I, I don't, well, I don't know a game is fundamentally a game. It's interesting because um, The Last of Us is one of the few video games that I consumed purely by watching my roommate play. I don't think I touched oh, the controller once, and I watched the entire playthrough uh, back when I when it came out. Um, but, but if there was a TV show, you would pick the TV show. Well, we only had one TV, so... Can we play a different game? Uh, yes, because yeah. a game is fundamentally a game, and now is fundamentally the time for our weekly trivia game. So I'll hand it, it over is. to the, the quizmeister, Max Handler. Yeah, I've been out of uh, out of pocket, as they say in the work lingo, for some reason, uh, for a few weeks now. I, I've never understood that. Why, I don't. Anyway, it's because you can't say you're out of the office anymore because none of us go to one. So yeah. people say out of pocket, which is which is which is dumb. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Anyway, so uh, we're never back. Heard that phrase. Um, oh, you're lucky. <laughs> Uh, and we're gonna t- have a question today uh, to be on topic about food and beverages. Uh, specifically beverages this week. So uh, we talked a lot about coffee, and I was thinking about asking, uh, you know, about coffee production specifically and what countries produce the most coffee. But that question Mm -hmm. is pretty easy. (laughs) Uh, I think we all know what countries produce the most coffee. Uh, Brazil produces the most coffee in the world by a lot. Um, Correct. So instead, we're going to talk about a different beverage that we might enjoy at the end of the evening. My question to you is, uh, along a similar vein, and my sources, as I, I like to say, where the, the source of the information comes from, this one, I, I couldn't find anything to refute it, so this seems like all sources point to this. The question's pretty straightforward. What country produces the most wine? Sean? I didn't really <laughs> have an answer, uh, but I am going to say that... Uh, I'm going to say that it is the U.S. All right. Kevin? Uh, just going back and forth between U.S. and France, but I landed on France. And Pierce? China. China. Wow. Shit. Interesting. Um, so we had this question at Trivia last night. Uh, our answer was Australia. Mm, that was guess. incorrect. Uh, none of you got it this week. 
Uh, correct answer by a good degree is Italy. Italy it produces just too small. the most wine. My family right, is going to fucking entire, disown me. But they can make wine throughout the whole country. So, so I, uh, I believe Spain is number two and France is number three. Not as I want to say the U.S. is four and Australia was five. I literally have a like, half I... case of Italian wine procured mm. from a family trip to Italy but... in my kitchen right now. So... Unfortunately, no one got it this week. I was going to give God multiple choice, but I, I mean, we all would have guessed from the mm. same five. China was an interesting one. I didn't know that. that I've never been. They import might... phenomenal mm. amounts of wine. They may import the most wine. So mm. I just kind of figured that they are. And I know that they are starting to have uh, a booming uh, wine making business. So I just assumed that in in the fashion of, of the era, they were just going boom here's right here's now. the thing you're not wrong you're just early just early yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh china is number eight on the list i found uh, there you go australia chile argentina the united states spain france and italy hmm. um, okay italy has over 500 grape varietals and produces 42 to 51 million hectoliters per year it's about a quarter of global production wow okay yeah it's a lot <laughs> Forza Italia. Um, all right, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.